All right, let's get right back into it with our panel, John Capobianco, Sherry DeNovo, and Michael Giles, just talking about the uh, episodes at St. Mike's. After 6 o'clock, we'll get our legal analyst in here, Joe Newberger, and he'll opine as to whether or not there are lawsuits possible in the offing on what grounds and so on and so forth. By the way, as I throw it around the horn quickly, I was noticing on the monitor that uh, Patrick Brown's book is released today, and since all of you have had you know, uh, experience in the trenches at the legislature and elsewhere. I mean, you know, when it comes to sniping and uh, petty politicking and maybe uh, some bitter uh, afterthoughts on colleagues who betrayed you and so on and so forth. (laughs) But, you know, I'm wondering if there's anything just quickly uh, that you if you've heard or read in Patrick Brown's book or from the media that you think might be actionable. Do you think there might be some lawsuits in the offing as far as that's concerned, Sherry? Well, I certainly think that I I certainly hope that he checked with lawyers before releasing it because um, Vic Vic Fidelli has already said that he's going to um, get a lawyer around the allegations about him. So, presumably um, Patrick Brown has some backup for this. I mean, I think, uh, you know, the the smear campaign about Lisa McLeod was absolutely um, outrageous. I mean, I, I, I found that really distasteful. I'm not a conservative. I know Lisa. I just thought uh, for anybody who suffers from depression or has a mental health issue of any sort, I mean, why put that was just nasty. It was nasty. And is it actionable? I don't know. Um, it's up to her, I guess, and her lawyer. Um, All right. I'm but just the Vic Fidelli, you know, that that's potential. you know, that's potential. Um, and so. Who knows what he has? Does he have emails? Does he have some backing? Or let's just something? say, uh, if that were the case, uh, you know, would you pursue it if you were Vic Fidelli or just let it go water under the bridge? Well, I think it depends on how far this goes and how far Patrick decides to want to take it. But it's now in a book that, you know, how many people are going to buy it? But I think, though, John, to your original question, I abhor people who do telltale books uh, from political offices. It's those who have been chiefs of staff who, you know, leave their offices and then they tell about, you know, their, their workings with their minister or with their counselor or whatever who they were working with. Um, when you become a chief of staff or a senior staff level and you're privy to that kind of information uh, and that kind of confidences with your boss, whoever he or she may be, um, you know, you have a duty just to keep that, uh, to keep that to yourselves. And, and this is an example of somebody who uh, obviously had um, uh, wanted to uh, set the, uh, settle the score with respect to how he was handled and how, what happened during his resignation period of time. Um, but to then to expand it and sort of make these slide remarks to people like Lisa McLeod and, and others, I think was just wrong. And I think it's going to hurt him. And quite frankly, you know, he won the mayor's race and, and it should, should be able to say, okay, you know what? I've redeemed myself. I've become the mayor of Brampton. I'm not going to release this book. Uh, and I think he would have scored a huge amount of points and, and some, uh, some accolades from folks. Yeah, unless the book was already there on the press and, yeah. uh, you know, before the election went down. So this I, is- I think I'm going to wait for the movie. But no, I, I mean, seriously, it's, it's like you stand, it's, this is like a guy standing outside the legislature throwing mud on the windows. Like, you can let it go. As John says, you're elected mayor of Brampton. Get on with your life. Deal with whatever you do with your lawsuits, but like this, and especially with regard to these, are they, you know, the the mental health issues? Just it's just unseemly and it lacks character, as far as I can see. So you know, move on. Here's something else. I will move on. Thanks for the advice. <laughs> as far as electioning yeah. is concerned, uh, locally back in 2014, it seems the OPP have now laid uh, charges against. Mark Grimes, who's repeated as a counselor in the uh, newly configured uh, ward down there in Etobicoke Lakeshore, and Justin DiCiano uh, for filing a document under the Municipal Elections Act that's incorrect 
or does not otherwise comply with that section. I think it had to do with campaign donations and uh, so on and so forth. But uh, interestingly enough, DiCiano, he actually responded today saying the real offense here is the extraordinary waste of scarce government resources spent chasing down minor alleged oversights regarding a long forgotten municipal election campaign. In other words, this is sweating over really small beer. Uh, is he right about that, Sherry DeNovo? Uh, well, I mean, first of all, I, whoever his opponents uh, were at that time would probably not agree with that. They would want to sweat over those details because, again, is it an equal you know, level playing field? Having said that, uh, I mean, you know, having run a number of campaigns, um, you sign off on stuff that your campaign team puts in front of you. You do not. You're out walking, talking and knocking. You don't have time to go over every single little thing. So, uh, I I mean, whatever happens in this, and it should take its due process, that's what they're there for, um, those rules. But, I mean, at the end of the day, is it really going to come back to to Mark or or Justin? I I don't think so. Yeah, well, Justin's not even running it. He's now in the private business world, yeah, I guess. So, so. But I mean, it's not, it's not going to have Is it any just, impact. You know, irrelevant at this point, John? I, I share uh, Sherry's view on this, I think, in the sense of, you know, as a candidate, I think you and, and Sherry obviously have been, been successful. I, I've run and, and not won, but, uh, but still, you know, you incur a lot of things and you've got CFOs, you've got people in the campaign that are p- Put put these things uh, in front of you, and you expect them to be to be uh, you know uh, all the eyes dotted, t's are crossed, sort of thing. But I find that um, you know there are rules. So when you're a candidate, you should know the rules. So there are rules for certain reasons, and that is to to, to create some sort of a level playing field for all the candidates when it comes certainly when it comes to money rise, raising and spending. Um, so you ought to be careful about whatever, no matter how insignificant the rule is. But if it is a rule, and you as a candidate um, you know sign on to it, then you should be abiding by it. But I think in this case, there's some relevance given to the fact that it was a filing error and it could very well be a clerical error. So we'll see how it unfolds. Yeah, I think it involved about 750 bucks. But here's something that involves maybe more significant money. This is Doug Ford's government in their fall economic statement. Uh, they've uh, tabled the 176-page Restoring Trust, Transparency, and Accountability Act uh, where they're now going to allow unions and corporations again to make, while they can't make donations, they can on behalf of their employees or their members up to $1,600 per copy. So it seems to me like this is an end around, Michael, uh, whereas now there had been a ban up until now on corporate or union donations. This is something Wynn brought in after, you know, the fundraising debacle that uh, you know they were on a quota system certain ministers having to raise 500 grand and so you know it was a meet and greet for so this is uh he's reversed policy on this rightly or wrongly you think well i mean i think political uh, campaign financing is probably one of the most complicated never-ending stories everything changes bottom line is i think i don't take a major exception to this provided there is transparency think anything else if there's complete and open transparency to this then i'm i you know i'm fine with this it's it's you know okay, as but long let's as just it's say visible. the teachers the teachers uh, yeah. the catholic teachers union here in the province decide they want to spend one of their war chests in the, the 2014 election i think was like two and a half million dollars if they want to earmark that, they can't necessarily donate that. I mean, this is third-party stuff, too, with advertising. But if they have all of their member teachers and they consign the, the maximum $1,600 per person, I mean, that's not insignificant. Do you think that's advisable? you think this is a good reversal of policy, Sherry? Absolutely not. I think it. Uh, what it does is it's going to get more big money into elections. 
Um, I, I know the NDP's always opposed this. Um, and I actually have a vague memory. I, I haven't checked this out, but I seem to remember that when the Wynn government uh, brought this in, that it had some Tory support as well at the time. So I think uh, for even some conservatives, I mean, look at the cabinet ministers now. They're going to be doing what the liberals had to do back in the day, and they're going to have to have huge fundraisers. They're going to have to be spending a lot of the time when I think they should be developing policy, raising money. Um, This is a slippery slope. I think we were going in the right direction before, um, and this is the wrong direction. John, I uh, listen. I agree with what they do, what they've done. I think that um, um, the tragedy here is the fact that you know I think under the, the wind government um, they, where they put some of these some of these uh, rules in place, what they didn't touch really necessarily significantly enough was the third party advertising and the costs of third parties, and and allowed a lot of their union friends to spend a lot of money helping uh, helping the liberals by bashing the conservatives for three, three elections in a row. That was the tra- tra- travesty and 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 the fundraising side of it. But I, I do believe that. Uh, that limiting corporate donations and making it only individual basis, I think, is strong and smart. I think allowing politicians to go to actually attend their own fundraising is smart. The fact that the Liberals uh, made that uh, that rule where where politicians couldn't go to their own fundraiser was just crazy. Um, and uh, but I do think the other thing that that is not- noteworthy here is that he's taken the tax rebate back off. So in other words, taxpayers aren't online to to um, to to give back to the, the political parties as it was once before. So that's a tax saving for for Canadians, um, but no one's going to be bought for $1,500 uh, at a fundraiser uh, for uh, for a member or a minister. All right, and the pay-to-play thing, good idea or not? Well, I mean, I think that, speaking to John's point, this whole notion that you would have a fundraiser for a riding association and the sitting MPP or the potential MPP or the minister or a leader of the party couldn't attend, it just seemed ridiculous to me. You know, it would get to the point where I think there was one instance where somebody showed up to something and they may have been in the building. I mean, it's it's been I, listen. It, political financing is is never um, you know perfect. It's like you know they say with sausages and and laws you shouldn't watch either being made. And I think this is a case in this instance. It's you know it looks ridiculous to have uh, you know a fundraiser for an association and the person who's the MPP can't show up. Well, the good thing is I guess they're going to discontinue the two dollar and seventy one cent uh, subsidy per vote per party, which the taxpayer subsidizes, and they're going to end that for 2022. Something else that was in the weeds yesterday in the fall economic statement has the doctors in Ontario upset. I'll tell you what that is. One of the last orders of business with our panel here on the Oakley Show. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.